Hello and welcome to Good Robot Andy's Season 6, Episode 6 already. Woo! My name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerill. And today we're talking about a film and the film we're talking about today is... Glass. 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 Depending on where you're from in the world. uh, Based purely on the title with no knowledge of the film. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's straightforwardly clear to me that this is... Um, it seems it doesn't seem that good on the surface. Um, Just it like looks, glass. It starts off looking, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it's really clever this section. Um, uh, it starts off looking like a romantic comedy. Um, you know, there's a there's a kind of kooky girl um, who, and there's a love interest. But um, soon it it kind of it almost does it like a mother. I mean, not as. Not mother. as extreme as mother, mother. but um, it's called glass because it just all shatters. So mm. it, she falls apart, and it and the kookiness uh, turns into a breakdown, uh, and it ends in in crisis. Wow, but that sounds crisis. That, that sounds bleak. Yeah, but would watch. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. it sounds really good. See, I have to cater when I do these descriptions. For it being a film that you would like, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, can I just say wrong? Oh, is it not that? <laughs> it's not that. Oh. No. Uh, so, Glass, Glass, Glass is a 2019, brand new, folks. Um, American. Uh, yeah, far too modern. American psychological superhero thriller film. Written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong, or, or Shyamalan, as he's, as he's otherwise known. Uh-huh. Uh, who, uh, with producer Jason Bloom, Mark Benstock, and Ashwin Rajan. So he um, made... He um, made... A number of uh, films that are a bit annoying. The Sixth Sense. And some films that are good, including The Sixth Sense. And, and Unbreakable. Unbreakable, which is and probably my favourite... And one that we talked about last year on this pod, which was called Split. Right, which I haven't seen, but yeah, you, okay. like, it. you like that. So Glass mm-hmm. uh, is a sequel uh, and a crossover to both Split and Unbreakable. Okay, so Glass refers to Mr. Glass. From it does, yes, that's right, yeah. Um, but, it, but it crosses over with the other film as well, which is some, it's a psycho thing, is it, the other film? Yes, yes. Um... And it serves as the final instalment in the Unbreakable trilogy that nobody knew was a trilogy until Split came along. Okay, so he likes to do things that are a bit different, doesn't he? Or yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so the movie stars Bruce Willis. Uh, oh, it does. Oh, that's a coup. Okay. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson is back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spencer Treat Clark, uh, Charlene Woodard. They they reprise their Unbreakable roles. Right, right, right. While James McAvoy and Anya Taylor-Joy, who were in Split, they return as their respective characters. Okay, so people like working with him. Yeah, they clearly do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm guessing that maybe Mark Wahlberg might not come back for another one after The Happening, which I haven't seen, but features people running away from the wind, which I think I can reliably say is never going to work. People laughed at that film. I haven't seen it. No, I'd I'd quite like to see it just to see how silly it is. (laughs) There have been hits and misses in the back catalogue, haven't there? He's definitely up and down. 
He's definitely up and down. I mean, he went through, I think, I'd say a funk of maybe three or four absolute turkeys. So do you think it's because he's um, he's genuinely trying to do something different and that's hard? I think it is hard. Yeah. But is that why? Are they always going to be hits and misses when you're doing something different? I don't really I know. I felt a bit like... He was doing something different, and then he started doing things that weren't that different, and that's why they weren't very good. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think that the happening sounded to me like a very generic kind of Roland Emmerich style end of the world movie. The happening sounds like a Stephen King. Oh wow! TV yes, it does. Movie. A TV movie <laughs> based on a minor Stephen King novel. Yeah, yeah, one that people thought was okay, but yeah. actually, <laughs> and the movies are worse than okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, there is something I wanted to talk about. I, I said I didn't mm. have any any other business, but uh-huh, actually, uh-huh. I do. Uh, a trailer was released this week for a movie mm-hmm. called Doctor Sleep. Okay. Which is um, based on a Stephen King novel, which is a sequel to The Shining. Okay. Set many many years later, and it features a an adult Danny Torrance. That's the boy, presumably. That's the boy, played mm-hmm. by Ewan McGregor, which I think is actually a very good piece of casting, mm-hmm. um, who is now an adult and still has the shine, and weird things start happening. And the trailer features uh, quite a lot of uh, footage that looks like it's from The Shining, the movie The Shining, mm-hmm. um, which is of interest because Dr. Sleep um, is endorsed and I think maybe exec produced by Stephen King okay so Stephen King seems to have made peace with the fact that Stan, the hated Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining okay perhaps um, the dollar yeah. signs helped well I think maybe a large amount of a truck being you know <laughs> pulled up outside his house full of money probably helped yeah. the fact yes. that it's still paying him enough money to exactly why well, complain about it when, when people are still watching it um, very very good trailer uh, I think for listener, take a look at the trailer and see if you can tell which bits of it are original Shining footage and which ones are not. Okay. Um, I know which bit is, and I'm not saying. Have you given us a clue there? There's only one bit. There's only one bit that is an original piece of footage. Okay. okay. But there's quite a lot that looks like it is, but maybe it isn't. Uh, remind me at the end to tell you a trailer that I thought I liked the look of. Okay. Okay. TV. Oh, TV. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my bit of movie news. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's jump back to glass, mm-hmm. glass, 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 glass. Um. So the plot of um, glass. I'm just going to stick with glass for now. <laughs> Which part of the country are you from, anyway? Me. Yeah. I'm originally from the southwest London. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But now I live in Somerset, where they say glass. Right. Hence, you're saying that third way of saying it. That yes, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> but my but my father was from um, from Humberside, so he mm. would say glass. Right, right, right. So you know, I have I have those things in my repertoire. Right. Yeah. That, but that's that. it. That's all that's in my repertoire. <laughs> How to say glass in different ways. Yeah. Well, it's it was worth it. it was it though? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so, so David Dunn, Mr. Glass, mm-hmm. and The Horde, played by James McAvoy, are locked in a mental hospital for a Is limited... Is The Horde out of the other film? Yes, out of okay. Split, yeah. Okay. 
they are locked in a mental hospital um, with a li- for a limited time where a psychiatrist played by Sarah Paulson is trying to prove that they do not actually possess superhuman abilities. They just think they do. Okay. Um, so she's trying to, to prove a psychological case, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so David Dunn is, you know, super strong and, in, and unbreakable, invulnerable. Yeah. Mr. Glass has brittle bones, but is super clever. And the Horde is uh, a very complex character with multiple split personalities. Uh, the main one being the Beast, who is super strong and psychotic. And that's he's played by James McAvoy. In another, has to be said, absolutely standout performance. Mm-hmm. Um, in which he switches between personas on camera... Um, and each one is distinct. Mm-hmm. They don't they mm-hmm. don't run into each other. Each one is distinct. You know exactly what's going on. It's mm-hmm. um it's an incredible performance. Mm. So um, but it's good to see Bruce Willis back on the screen in a decent movie. Yeah, because that's been a long time. He's done a lot of straight to video stuff lately, which is such a shame. What's he up to? Well, he doesn't see I mean, this movie is is the probably the highest profile thing he's done in years. Why? I don't know. I don't understand it. I, mean, I think he's still a very engaging screen presence. Yeah. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe his agents just doesn't care anymore. Um, so this was released January the 18th this year. And it grossed $247 million worldwide against a $20 million production budget. So quite low budget for a film of this kind. Sorry, did you say... It made two hundred million. It made two hundred and forty-seven million against a okay. budget of twenty million. I thought you said two million. I thought it was a bit of oh, a disaster. Oh no, no, no. Okay. Um, however, it received generally unfavorable reviews. Okay. With people saying they found it disappointing and underwhelming, which uh, I don't agree with. But I'll talk okay. about that. I'll t- I will talk do you about know, that. Do you know why they? Oh, you're going to do that later. I'll do that later. Yeah. Um, so it's set 19 years after the events of Unbreakable, mm-hmm. three weeks after the events of Split. So Split came out, uh, is that the last year or the year before? I think it was maybe the year, yeah, I can't remember when it came out. I think it might be the year before last. Um, but it's set three weeks after those events. Uh, superhuman David Dunn, who's now a vigilante dubbed the Overseer by the internet, Okay. And and his son, Joseph, who now mm-hmm. grows up, grown up. Does he see dead people? Uh, no, he doesn't actually. Okay. No, uh, they are pursuing pursuing Kevin Wendell Crumb, who is the Horde. Okay. Okay. Um, or at least he's dubbed the Horde by the media, mm-hmm. due to his dissociative identity disorder. There you go. It's mm-hmm. got a, it's got a name, mm-hmm. uh, which produced two dozen identities and captured three young girls. So Dunn tracks down these three young girls and he releases them and then gets into a physical altercation with the Horde, mm-hmm. which is actually very well done. So when um, I said it was the Psycho film, it, it like it really is the Psycho film because he Psycho, the character in Psycho has split personalities as well. Yes, yes. Well, he thinks he's his mother and himself, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but their their altercation is interrupted by Dr. Ellie Staple and a bunch of police officers. Mm-hmm. And she fires high-powered high, high powered lights at the Horde 
that strobe. Mm-hmm. And when they strobe, he changes personality immediately. Mm-hmm. So she can control him. Um, and they're all then put into separate rooms in this um, institution where she interviews them. Uh, although uh, Mr. Glass is completely catatonic. He's unresponsive to any stimulus. David Dunn just wants to get out. You know, he's, he doesn't understand why he's there. Sounds um, brilliant. Oh, it sounds really interesting. It is really interesting. Yeah, I, I so yeah, I'll go into you know why I'm kind of mystified about why people didn't enjoy this. Um, but as as the movie unfolds, it appears that maybe the psychiatrist is being manipulated by Mister Glass mm-hmm. because he's not as catatonic as he appears to be, mm-hmm. and in fact he's been he's been playing them all a ringer all along. He's no, been he's super intelligent. He's super intelligent. He's been quietly biding his time. And there's a very effect, effective scene where, you know, each one of these rooms has a electronic door um, lock that you have to have a card to get in and out with. And one of the orderlies is walking on the corridor doing a like a, a sweep of the facility. He comes around the corner and he finds Mr. Glass in the corridor in his chair with the his door closed behind him and he's like how how did he get out he doesn't understand nobody can understand how he got out mm-hmm. so they return him to his cell uh seemingly you know there's no reason rhyme or reason why he would have escaped but he hasn't actually done anything um but of course he does escape and he um he goes to confront david dunn and says to him, um, she thinks you're not strong. She thinks you're not powerful. But I'm going to lock you in this room, and I'm telling you my evil plan. And if you want to get to me, you've got to break through that steel door. And that will then prove to yourself and her that you are strong and powerful in the way that you think you are. Because Mr. Glass's motivation is that he, he wants to find the superheroes in yes, the world. Yes, exactly, yeah. He wants um, to empower them to be superheroes. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. What he want, in in the movie Unbreakable, he wants to find his nemesis. You know, his, yeah. the yin to his yang. But he kind of thinks of it as a as a positive mission, right? Yes, absolutely. He does think of it as a positive mission. Yeah. Okay. Um, however, he is uh, when he tries to manipulate the horde, he finds that more difficult. The mm-hmm. Horde is more unpredictable than David. You know, David Dunn's a pretty straightforward superhero-type mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. whereas the Horde is um, an unpredictable, psychopathic mess, I think is probably what you'd call it, um, with the very dangerous beast uh, at its core, driving the whole thing forward. Um, so um, Mr. Glass then escapes the institution with help. Um, and then there's a, a a huge set to outside in which some more plot is revealed. Um, David Dunn you know, says to the Horde or to Kevin Wendell Crumb, you cannot trust this man. He killed you know, hundreds of people on a commuter train. I was the only survivor of that train. Um, you cannot trust him. He's up to no good. Um, and what then happens is that it is revealed that 
uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb is missing um, his parents and his father was killed on that train. Okay. So it, it transpires that they all do ha- actually have a link. There's something that links all of them together. That is that train crash, which was caused by, caused by Mr. Glass. Um, so then the Horde turns on Mr. Glass in quite nasty fashion. And um, then him and Mr. Dunn have another big fight. <laughs> and it's all really... Um, it's really subversive and kind of... Although it kind of complies with um, very much with comic book and superhero mythology... It does so in a way that's actually very clever mm-hmm. and interesting and a lot of fun as well. Um, and it's really good to see Mr. Glass and the Overseer back on the screen again. It's good to see Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson back on the screen again. Yeah, and they I, were really good. Yeah, really good. Um, uh, in supporting roles, we've got um, the kid... Well, we've got David Dunn's grown-up son... Got Anya Taylor Joy, who was the victim who the Horde released in Split. Mm-hmm. So she's the only the only victim he's ever released. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got um, Mr. Glass's mother. Okay. So obviously, you know, there's got to be some kind of parental figure there who's causing him mental torment. Right. And right, that right. and that's his mum. Uh, and they are all brought together as well to try and figure out what the heck is going on. <laughs> Okay. Um, but things do go south pretty quickly, and uh, the horde kills Mister Glass, unfortunately, because I think he's a terrific villain. Um, the overseer is drowned by one of the police, and then the horde is shot by a sniper, which is very sad. So can the overseer be drowned? Yes, he is apparently. He apparently thinks water is his ne- nemesis because he was nearly okay. drowned as a child. Okay. So uh, he believes he believes in comic book trope type thing that water is his nemesis. So, mm-hmm. um, and therefore other people believe that too. Obviously, you know, if you drown someone, then they're dead. Uh, so, I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed it. I think that it it um, nobody really saw a sequel coming to Unbreakable, and and Split no. is not is not a sequel to that movie. Yeah, but the, there's a very very small cameo at the end with Bruce Willis in a diner when you're like, oh okay, it's part of that universe. So this right, yeah. Split is part of that universe, and it was very soon after that 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 Shyamalan said, okay, yeah, I'm making a third movie. Um, which I was very excited about. So, and I, I think this does this does deliver on the on the promise of it. Really, pulls everything together. Um, it's it's produced again by Blumhouse, who produced Split and uh, Shyamalan's movie before that, which is called The Visit, which I haven't seen. I think it's called The Visit. No. Oh, that's the one with the. They're staying at the grandparents, but the yes. grandparents are scary. Yes, have you seen that? I've heard it's no, pretty good. No, I've seen good. the trailer. I thought, yeah. I thought the trailer looked enough. I thought, okay, I understand that. Okay, fair enough. I won't bother with it. Okay, no, I mean, The Visit got mixed mixed reviews. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed 
I enjoyed Glass a great deal. Right. I thought it was good. Liked so, it a lot. Is it alright in this day and age to have a character like the Horde who's just like an evil psychopath who tortures women? Um, I think it is because James McAvoy's performance takes it to a whole other level. And it is a comic book universe. Yes, it is. Yeah. Maybe you couldn't forgive it if it wasn't. No, I think I think if it was like a, a Silence of the Lambs type thing, then I think it would have to work much harder to win you over. So it's split a kind of comic book universe as well? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so yeah. it does kind of fit together. But but McAvoy's performance is really good. Right, right. You know, it's... Um, I think it's one of the finest screen performances I've ever seen. Right. It's just incredible, really. So why didn't people it like it? Um, I'm just going to have a look at that. So it's only got a 37% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's poor. So it says it displays a few glimmers of M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong and his twisty world-building best, but ultimately disappoints as the conclusion of the writer-director's long gestating trilogy. Um... I'm just going to have a look at another one here, which says, The trouble with it is, isn't that its creator sees his own reflection at every turn, or that he goes so far out of his way to confront the film into a clear parable. For the many stages of his turbulent career, the trouble with Glass is that its mildly intriguing meta-textual narrative is so much richer and more compelling than the asinine story that Shyamalan tells on its surface. <laughs> That's rude, isn't it? So um, uh, yeah, what, what's its metatextual story? Metatextual. Well, I guess the metatextual is his, his career. They said. Y- yeah, I didn't really see that to be honest. Uh, so maybe you missed that, and that helped you enjoy the film. Yeah, maybe it did. Yeah, I mean, Shyamalan famously made Lady in the Water, which I think was the start of the decline. Um, that features uh, its central character is a is a film critic who is just a hateful, you know, horrible human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was him sort of, I think that was him responding to maybe the criticism of films like The Village and mm-hmm. Signs, which I thought Signs was okay. I did enjoy The Village a lot more than Signs. I thought uh, Signs, like what even was it? It was just... It's a funny piece of work, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The Village, I also... I felt a bit creeped out by it, but I didn't. I don't know. I feel sometimes feel like his films are um, totally lacking humanity. Mm. What? Just the, the kind of procedural exercises in movie making? No, no. But no, not that. But that that the thing, the emotion he's trying to express at the heart of it mm. is a kind of lost emptiness you know like in uh, uh the first one what's it called unbreakable no um the sixth sense well, the sixth sense but also the unbreakable character is kind of world weary he, he can't touch people in a sense because he can't be hurt you know it's, it's oh almost... yeah so his the other part of his superpower is he has to touch people to see what they've done wrong right okay to, okay. to see if they're guilty Right, but my my feeling about him as a character is that he has no connection with other people. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, uh, and I feel like that about a lot of his characters. Well, that's interesting, actually. That's a good point because all three of the characters in Glass, 
are exactly that archetype. Right. So David yeah. Dunn can't touch people without finding out whether they're good or bad. Mm -hmm. Mr. Glass he has um, brittle bones. And the horde is just, you know, it's not someone you want to spend any time with for very so long. These isolated, separated things. And obviously yeah. the separation in uh, in the sixth sense is, is the key part of the whole twist. Yes, yes. That lack of connection with humans. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think... Just I feel that in the other film. The other film, they feel really dry, emotionally dry. Yeah, definitely. Um I think this movie Glass reminded me at times of things like Terminator 2. Right. That's in a good thing too. Well, in terms of its world building. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't mean in terms of its like balletic action or, you know, yeah, that kind of thing, but I think in terms of its world building and some of the cinematography is quite similar in the in the mental institution to the stuff that's in T2 with Sarah Connor mm -hmm, being mm -hmm. locked Sarah Connor being locked up. <laughs> Um, so the thing it reminded me of when you were describing it was there are two uh, episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh -huh. where uh, Buffy wakes up in a mental, mental institution okay, and her friends don't exist and she is undergoing treatment uh, because the delusion she has that she's a superhero with a group of friends. Oh, okay. And actually she has no friends or superpowers. She doesn't live on a hell well. And uh, she's, it's a very sad situation. That sounds intriguing. There are, there are two episodes quite far apart at different points in the, in the series. Right, okay. This, this is either revealed or it's all a secret plot by the baddies to make her think this. What do you and think? And it's it, never really resolved. You know, she just, it's not resolved. So it's a plot well, line I mean, that doesn't go anywhere. Well, it, it, it turns out that it's a plot by the bad guys and she goes back into the, the, the real world of Buffy. Okay. But it, it could equally be interpreted as... You know, her delusions win back over the the hmm. dose of reality that she experienced. Okay, got it. Yeah, that That's sounds intriguing. No, that, that does sound intriguing. Um, so, I I don't subscribe to the it's not a good movie um, mm -hmm. thing. I think I did enjoy it. I mean, it's not brilliant, but it is very entertaining. It does have three very good central performances, and I think it does tie things up nicely. <clears throat> um, however, I do think that it's sad that these three characters have now been killed off. Mm -hmm. Because I would have liked to have seen Jane, James McAvoy have another spin at this character. Mm -hmm. As it's such an engaging performance. I mean, it's a terrifying performance, but it's really engaging. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously, Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, their characters are now dead, so we won't see them again. But Or are they? Or are they? Yes, indeed, or are they? Yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Cool. Yeah. So what did it add to your life? Um, well, I think Good Shyamalan is, is, uh, is, is a good thing. It sort uh, of, does it, and it, it sometimes of, makes you feel like there's not, there's more to life than is dreamed of in your philosophy. Yeah, I think so. I've seen things, things that you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> um, speaking of, speaking of Terminator... <laughs> Uh, that was a, that was a Blade Runner quote. I yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I watched. You hate me for this, but I watched the Terminator. <laughs> what, which one is it? Genesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terminator Genesis. Wow. I really enjoyed it. It's, but it's garbage. <laughs> and it's made me. It's made me realise how much I like the Terminator films. 
Oh yeah, they're why great. is it garbage? What's wrong with it? What's everything's wrong with it? They, Arnie's great they, in it. No, he's not. They turn Arnie into a walking exposition machine. <laughs> Arnie's brilliant. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. It does. It so doesn't. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm really into no, it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, there's another one coming that looks very similar in tone, so cool. <laughs> you get to enjoy it all over again. Have I missed one? Uh, have, no. Was there one in the middle that I... Um, I watched three and it was very boring. Three is quite boring, but does have a very good ending, three. Right, I don't uh, yeah, you've, you've missed Terminator Salvation. Right, and I think that was more closely associated with the series, which I saw a bit of and was not interested in. So that's Christian Bale as John right. Connor. Okay. okay. Uh, in fact, if you if you search up Christian Bale rant Terminator Salvation, uh, you will hear um, him swearing a lot at the director and the cinematographer. Oh right, which he heard about that. Which he's now said he did because he was frustrated because he knew the film was going to be rubbish. <laughs> so he was just going off on one in mm-hmm. you know in the way that Christian Bale does. But yeah, I thought I thought it had just the right mix of clever and um, stupid. <laughs> Of, of light-heartedness, yeah, and grippingness. Okay, you know. okay. Um, and I, I mean, I could watch Arnie as the as the Terminator mm. all day. Yeah, I could too. I think I think T two is one of his standout performances. Um, I thought it was a bit silly that he uh, he just got upgraded when he went into. Yeah, the... now come on, come on now, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that. That was a bit dodgy, a bit dodgy. You know, films, fantasy and sci-fi films have to have an internal logic, and that film doesn't have an internal logic. Well, only that bit. The rest of it's fine. The rest of it's fine. It's it, not. It, I can accept <laughs> an alternative history. Okay. Um, so there we go. And also, yeah, I found the 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 bad John Connor a bit annoying, but okay. Mm-hmm. I can see you're you're already you're already backpedalling. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe it was just nostalgia. But. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if you want nostalgia, just watch T2 again. That's just yeah. an incredible piece and of one. work. And one. And one. Yeah. I think T2 holds, still holds up as a really fine piece of work. Particularly when you look at the freeway chase. The nighttime chase... No, not the freeway. Yeah, no. the um, Along the road in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see all the special lights they put up to light the road. It's like, wow, that's just incredible. <laughs> Empty the road, put up massive lights to light it, shoot it from above. Um, yeah, it's incredible. You know, Cameron knows how to put a movie together. Uh, I think everything since then has been diminishing returns, really. Yeah, he, I'm not but, sure whether I've yeah. seen... I may have seen Salvation and then immediately forgotten it. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Genesis, I liked. All I was looking at was trying to figure out which scene it was that Christian Bell had a meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to think, oh yeah, maybe it was this one, because he seems really out of sorts. No, maybe it was that one. And then I just realised that he seems out of sorts through the entire movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone on Mastodon the other day asked, um, which film has the best soundtrack? Oh, uh, do you mean, do you mean uh, a score or... Uh, I mean, I I mean, which film has the best actual songs oh, on its soundtrack? Oh, do you mean like, to... like a jukebox type soundtrack? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. 
Um, I mean, Pulp Fiction's a pretty strong contender, I think. Right, right, right. Um, what else? The personal mastodon that I saw suggested The Crow. No, oh, The Crow's a good one. Yeah, the Crow has the, a good soundtrack. That's a pretty. That's a pretty strong one. The Matrix has a good soundtrack. Oh, I'm. Yeah, the Matrix does have a good soundtrack. I, I, I think I've got a winner. Oh yeah. The Big Lebowski. Uh, what does that have on it? Uh, it's got some Credence on it. Right. It's got some Bob Dylan. Right. It's got. Um, it's got uh, Towns Van Zant. It's got some Nina Simone. It's got a fake band called Autobahn, who are <laughs> supposed to be a bit like um, Kraftwerk. <laughs> yeah, the Big Lebowski's. Are, oh, and it's got. Um, I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in by Kenny Rogers and the new edition. Um, <laughs> what about Pitch Perfect? Uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just trolling you. No, no, yes, you are. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I love Pitch Perfect. Have I talked on on this podcast about how much I love Pitch Perfect? Yeah, yeah, you have. Okay, yeah, it's good. I love it. Um, I even watched the third one. Oh, it's terrible though, isn't it? The unfortunate third. Film. Yeah, the difficult third movie. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. Did you? It was awful. I got halfway through it and turned it off because it was it was, it was terrible. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so movie soundtracks. Um, yeah, I've played... A, when I used to do the radio show, I played a lot of tracks from The Big Lebowski on that show. Right, right, right. Well, what I'll do is I'll let you ruminate on that. Okay. And you can come back to us next time because I've just dropped it without mm. warning there. Yes, I think Lebowski is good. I, the, the, the movie soundtrack that I have listened to the most mm. is definitely The Matrix because I had it and it had enough... Most soundtracks have a, have a couple of songs on on them that you really are so irritated by that you mm. stop listening. But that one is pretty strong. Oh, it's also got the um, the Gypsy Kings version of Hotel California, which is what has the uh, Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski, yeah. I mean, the Coens about, um, the Coens do good, <clears throat> or rather, it's um, T Bone Burnett is the guy who compiles the soundtracks. Yeah. Oh, Brother, Where Out Thou? That's a good one. That's amazing. Yeah, that is a very good one. That's got a lot of original tunes on it as well. Mm. Yeah. What's the one that just came into my head? True Grit. True Grit's a good one. Um, that's got a lot of lovely, um, like old uh, Western gospel, not gospel, like church mm. songs, Presbyterian mm. Mm -hmm. uh, songs. There's some really good tunes on there. I, I actually... Whilst we're on the subject of True Grit, I've now seen that, I think, four times. Mm. And every time I watch it, it gets better and better. Mm. Uh, it's a such, such a great film um, of, like, companionship and revenge and... Revenge! <coughs> companionship, revenge, <laughs> incredible cinematography by Roger Deakins. Uh yeah, it's, uh, if listener hasn't seen True Grit, maybe they thought, oh, I don't like Westerns, or it's a remake of an old movie with John Wayne. It's not actually a remake, it's a new version of the book. Uh, but it's got Jeff Bridges in. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, so I'm blanking on the name of the film and the name of the director. This is not good. Um, it's, it was broken into two films. Yeah. It features a female person taking oh, revenge. Kill Bill. Kill that, Bill. Yeah, that's a good sound. So Kill Bill, there's yeah. some good sound, good music on that. See, see, my criteria for, uh, say if you had the CD, is that you don't skip any tracks. 
Right, um, well, then it would have to be The Matrix or The Crow for me. Yeah. And actually, there was one on The Crow soundtrack that I think I skip sometimes. There's a lot of filler on the Kill Bill soundtrack. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good for watching in the film. I'm not sure I'd listen to it. Yeah, but I think pulp, pulp Fiction, I think I could listen from start to finish. Right. Particularly as it's got those those dialogue clips in, which are really effective. Right. right, right. Yeah. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is a good soundtrack. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listener, send in the best movie soundtracks. Yes, please. So they have to be like a jukebox musical type soundtrack. I'm expecting to hear from Dapper. Okay? Yes. So yes. Dapper, if you're listening, I expect to hear Boys in the Hood or something. Boys in the Hood? Actually, Magic Mike is good. Magic eight Mile? Mm, yeah, yeah, Eight Mile. Mm, mm. <laughs> He's struggling with that one, listener. Oh, no, hang on. <laughs> Uh, Goodfellas. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty strong, Goodfellas. Okay, I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Well, it finishes with um, My Way by Sid Fisher. Oh, no, actually, no. <clears throat> it, it's, it, I'm sure it starts with the Sinatra My Way, which then mixes into the Sid Vicious My Way. Right. And then it plays out, <clears throat> excuse me, it plays out with the the latter half of Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. So the piano yeah. bit at the end. Right. That plays out the film. So um, that's pretty strong. What's the yeah. film with the Kinks music in? Oh. Oh, I don't know. Mortalus. Mortalus. Uh, I don't know. Shall I look it up? Shall man look, look something up on the internet? Listener, have a look on the internet for that and then get back to us. <laughs> you can leave a comment on the blog. Or you can uh, um, talk to us on Mastodon, which is like Twitter, but not controlled by a centrally controlled mm. um, advertising company. Um, or you can also talk to us on Twitter. We are at Good Robot Andes on those things. On the internet, we're artificialworlds.net slash Good Robot Andes, or you can just search with your favourite search engine for the Good Robot Andes. You should find us. The internet's. You can uh, you can subscribe to our feed so you get this podcast um, every couple of weeks on your pod player, either by going to our website, search for the Good Robot Andes, or you can find us on uh, iTunes, TuneIn Radio. You can find us on TuneIn and on one of these other aggregatey things. Um, also, the, our episodes go up on SoundCloud. Um, so you can follow us on SoundCloud, but if you do that, they go away again after a while because SoundCloud don't let you have, don't let you keep your stuff there without no. deleting some. Don't let you add more without deleting old stuff. It's or limit, paying them, which limited, limited, um, limited storage. Yeah, I made that. I made that quite a lot more complicated <laughs> than it needed to be. No, I, I got it. Yeah, I got it. You could have yeah. ju- you could have so, just said SoundCloud. The latest episodes on SoundCloud, but not the older episodes. Um, but all the older episodes are there, and you can you can uh, binge listen back from series one, season one, when, uh, when the quality was variable. Yeah, whereas now the quality is unvaryingly high. Unvaryingly high. Yes. Unvaryingly high. Yes, indeed. So you're going to ask me mm. what trailer I saw that I like the look of. Yes. So what trailer did you watch that you like the look of? I liked the look of the trailer for Catch Twenty Two. Yes, me too. Which it is looks good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, George Clooney. 
I look forward to watching it. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a very good fit for Clooney. Mm, yeah. Um, in, the, in that it's sort of... He seems to enjoy poking fun at authority. And also that silly clowning style that often annoys me. The way the way it looked like it was happening on Catch-22, it, it, on the trailer, it seemed like it wouldn't annoy me. And okay. It would work. Do you, mean, do you mean the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou stuff? That he, the shtick yes. that he did in there? I think he pulls it off in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, just about. Just about, yeah. Yeah. Didn't pull it off in Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for most people, that would have tanked their career. <laughs> but, but he just but he's made... He's a very he, good-looking chap. He's very good-looking. He made that, and then he met Steven Soderbergh, and then the rest is history. <laughs> and Soderbergh's like, oh, yeah, just come and make this with me, and, you know... Everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, have you got any plugging? I do. I have a podcast feed called Movie Mashup. No camel case, no caps. No camel case, no caps. Um, so it's not spoilery like this one. It's my musings on you know things that I've watched recently, which could be old stuff. It could be new stuff. So the most recent uh, pod, which is now a couple of weeks old, is all about. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which I enjoyed. I listened to that. I enjoyed. Did you? Oh, cool. Yeah. Which I enjoyed a great deal. I signed deal. up to your podcast and I listened to it. it was nice very good. one. Nice one. Uh, so yeah, that and there was something else I talked about that I can't remember now. Oh, John Wick. Uh, yes. John, John Wick Chapter Three, which which I really enjoyed. Um, so yeah, my musings on stuff. Um, I also give you big ups on that one as well, which you'll be pleased <laughs> to know. Big it up. Big it up. Uh, so that is yeah, it's my good listener. If you just want, um, you, you, if you don't want to listen to us rambling on, I mean, you can listen to both. Essentially, they don't they don't really cross over. No, but um, if you don't want to listen to us rambling on, but you just need to know what you should pay attention to, in a fairly uh, concise format, it works. Excellent. That's a good that, that I like that recommendation. I like it. Add it to your feed. Add it to your feed. Do it now. Add it to your feed. I don't think I have anything to plug. I accept that I'm I'm cons- I'm secretly working on uh, an idea for a new podcast, much more serious than uh, this one. Oh blimey! Really? But, uh, more serious than this one? Even more serious than this one? That's not possible. But I won't say anything about that uh, until there's some meat on the bones. Okay. Okay. Well, if it doesn't involve me, I'll be very upset. It doesn't involve you, sorry. I'm going to be very upset then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, once it gets going, if it does, mm-hmm. and you, if you want to be on it, you can. It's okay. I, I'm not. I'm not bulldozing my way into your podcast <laughs> <sighs> with my massive ego. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be involved in everything, and if I'm not, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, that's that's it. I don't have any plugging. Um, I don't have any. You've done your plug. I have nothing else to talk about in terms of film. Only that, um, if you were put off by the bad reviews of Glass, don't be. Watch it. Yeah, it's, it's good. You've intrigued me, no doubt. I think you'd like it. I think you'd like it. Well, I liked Unbreakable. Yeah. Okay. So you know, it exists in that universe. I wasn't convinced by your description of Split. But that's because I didn't see why I would like it. But I think you would really like Split. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel like I should watch that before I watch Glass. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know you definitely should. To, to you oh. know, because Split is all about Kevin Wendell Crumb and the Horde. Okay. Um, and he's very much, you know, because it's a three-hander in Glass, you don't see as much of him, whereas mm-hmm. he's front and centre in Split, and it is an amazing performance. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it, listener. Get in touch. Um, let us know what tech topics you would like us to cover. Yes, because it's about time we did another tech one soon, I think. Yes, we have a plan for an excellent guest oh. to have on a tech topic. Crikey. Okay, um, I didn't so know that. I'm hoping that will happen. We should get ourselves organised on that, Andy. Okay. There was just one thing I need to say, though. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends. Tell all your friends. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> See you next time. Cheers. <laughs>